Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no off-season with me. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on the 18th day of November 2017 in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. I'm actually outside. I'm taking a walk. It's a beautiful, beautiful sunny day here in mid-November in Pasadena. And I'm going to play a conversation I had with longtime friend of the podcast and writer for WFAN and CBS in New York, Mr. Jason Keidel, who is a huge Yankee fan, but a smart Yankee fan, someone who is not a bandwagon jumper and someone who has a pretty objective point of view about his favorite team, who had a pretty damn good year this year. We talked a little bit on the phone about the rivalry with the Red Sox and Yankees being renewed, with both teams being good at the same time, and also the strange phenomenon of East Coast teams making the postseason and changing managers. The dismissal of Joe Girardi kind of took both of us by surprise, and we decided to talk about it in our phone conversation. So here is my talk with Jason Keitel about the dismissal of Joe Girardi, and all sorts of other things about the Yankees. All right, I'm here with the great Jason Keitel. This is the first time we're talking on the phone since the end of the series, the end of the World Series, which was both of our teams made the postseason. The Red Sox and Yankees both made the postseason. The Yankees had a much more memorable postseason than the Red Sox did. Uh, But I think it's safe to say that the matchup that we got in the World Series was the justified matchup. The Astros were the best team in the American League for most of the year, finishing one game behind the Indians, and the Dodgers been the best team in the National League. And uh, that was that was the matchup that seemed to be lined, lining up, and it was obviously a great series. And again, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun being in LA watching it, but it was a it was a great series. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you're up 3-2 and nine innings for making it, you feel like you, as a Yankee fan, deserve to make it. But it just wasn't in the cards. The Yankees were a young team, and young teams feed on emotion. And you feed on the emotion of your home crowd. And the Yankees were two starkly different teams between home and the road. And um, that home field yeah. advantage worked out for the Astros. There's a reason you play a whole season for that game seven. And, you know, they say, oh, the home team only wins 50% of the time, whatever. But you know what? You'd always rather play that game at home. Yeah, I, I agree. And now, I, you know, I'm not one to give to be uh, flowery about the Yankees, um, but I have to give this team its credit where it's due, that this is a team I thought was going to be an 83-84 win team. I didn't think they were going to be a bad team, but I thought they were going to be like the Twins, basically. And... They were a 90-win team. They were streaky, of course, but they were a 90-win team. And they faced an adversity that I did not think was possible. I thought the Indians were going to steamroll right into the World Series. They were down 2-0 and going back to the Bronx, looking just demoralized after those two losses in Cleveland. And, man, I got to give them all the credit in the world for coming back beating the right. Cy Young Award winner in Cleveland. Right. And then down 2-0 to the Astros, coming back and winning those three games at home and really 
I mean, people look at that game six and say, oh, it was a seven to one final. It was three to one in the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. It could have, and it was no score in the fifth. Yep. <laughs> you know, they could have gone to the World Series. They could have very much gone. And look, it, it, this this wasn't uh, East Coast or West Coast, East Coast bias or West Coast neglect. Uh, everybody, Yankee fans included, uh, thought this was an 82 win team. Now, of course, this is the part I hate about it. I, I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guys, but these millennial Yankee fans who think, you know, who retroactively call these things. They all said once we got to the ALCS, I knew we'd get here. Next stop, World Series. I just want to say, shut the hell up. You didn't think this at all in April. You no. didn't think any of this. Because Yankee fans can be such front runners. They're like Cowboys fans. When the Yankees are doing well, they're everywhere. You know, Joey Knuckles from Brooklyn and Bobby from Bayonne. And all these guys are out with their muscle shirts and the got rings, you know, T-shirts. Oh. They're all oh. out chest out. But when the Yankees are losing... They're nowhere to be found, nowhere to be found. So, of course, they're all in full bloom in October. But that didn't detract from the run. It's just I understand why so many people hate the Yankees because their fans can be so obnoxious. And I love this one. Let me tell you one last thing. I got to this argument. I'll find it for you on my Facebook page with this guy who said, one of the things I love about the Yankees, not only do I love their history and all that stuff, is our fans are just so much classier than everyone else. Really? And then right away there was something across the wire. A Yankee fan in Cleveland got arrested for knocking out an Indian fan. It was perfect. Of course, <laughs> I showed it to him and he vanished. It was perfect, Sully. He got arrested in Cleveland for knocking out an Indian fan. Yeah. It was perfect. Anyway, well, so it's that kind there, of hubris that really annoys people. I, let me give uh, – uh, I want you to mark the time and date of how much Yankee credit I'm giving today because I think the two moments – where I thought the Yankees were completely dead in the water was, one, when they lost the extreming game in Cleveland where they had the big lead and Girardi didn't challenge the hit-by-pitch. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought, okay, they're getting swept. You know, if the Indians can't lose this game, they're getting swept. And the other yep. time I thought they were dead in the water is they're down, they're, they're, they're down two to one in the series to the Astros. And they're losing 4 nothing in the bottom of the seventh inning. And I just thought, and the Yankees' bats just looked dead. And I thought, well, you know what? They, they're going to lose this game and be down 3-1 to one and have no chance. And they stormed back. They, they got the two runs in the seventh to Judge Homer. And then they had the Giles had his meltdown that basically cost him his job. That he had that massive, you know, he let up the – the big double to Judge, the big double to Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And after that, he was not used as a closer again. And, and and that was a moment I thought, wow, they picked themselves off the mat. You know, and then they beat Keiko. And I'm like, oh, my God, this could be, this could be serious. And well, I think the, yeah. that, that was the Sorry, time I got, to, I got well, I got to give them credit for that. I mean, that was that – was, Remarkable that they picked themselves off the ground when if they if they lost in five games to the Astros, not a person would have blinked. If they lost if they lost to the Indians, no one would have blinked. But they came right. back. And they they were one rally away from winning the pennant. Well, and that's the thing where we were talking about youth a few moments ago. That's where youth cuts both ways. You know, of course, you can make the boneheaded play. You might not cover a base. You throw him to the wrong cutoff guy. But it also cuts the other way. 
you know, a guy who's 31 might be down three runs in the seventh, and just based on his personal history, he knows it's over. But a guy who's 24, 25, says, wait a second, we can do this, man. You know, so it really does cut both ways. And who would have thought one of the greatest motivators would be some moronic fan in Baltimore who stuck his thumb down? I mean, that really matters for some reason <laughs> to these guys. And it was the rally cry for the whole month. <laughs> I mean, really. Do you know who's been How many times do they show that guy? Oh, I know, I know. I mean, I, I hope that guy gets some loyalty. Oh, he but, should. Um, but I think one of the people who has been vindicated by this run and the popularity of this team, do you know who has been vindicated? Joe Girardi? No. <laughs> you! You! Thank you. You've been calling for the Yankees to build from within and to build their own stars from within. And think of all the stars that they imported – which one of them comes within a galaxy of being as popular as Aaron Judge at right. this point? You know, that right. it was, you know, the thing that made the core, you know I'm not a fan of the, you mentioned the core four because it, of it, course. it belittled Bernie Williams. Of but, course it does. But that core was homegrown, and Sam right. felt like they were your own. And now they're feeling right. that way about Bird who had a great division series against the Indians and Sanchez mm-hmm. and Judge and Severino. I mean, it's, it's like mm-hmm. a brand new cast. And it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's, it's what you've been saying. That stop, just stop pulling the whole, let's just bring in superstars and let's actually build a team that people will love. You know, Absolutely. stop signing Steve it's, Kemp. Stop signing, right, exactly, or Jack Clark. You yeah. know, um, well, I, I don't mean to stain the conversation with football talk, but I was watching a game the other day, and the Miami Dolphins were getting stomped, and the Miami Dolphins were considered a good football team. They went to the playoffs last year. They, they improved in theory this year. Uh, their quarterback got hurt, but they got Jay Cutler to replace them. Anyway, Miami was supposed to do well. They dash out to 4-2, and two, and now, now they're really collapsing. And somebody made a great point, and this applies to baseball as well, and that's why I made such a point about the Yankees going from within. This guy pointed out the reason the Miami Dolphins don't work is because they're built on free agents, and you can't win by building a franchise on free agents because they don't come up through the, the system together, they don't grow up together, they don't learn the team principles together, you know, like the Dodger way, stuff like that. that all that mm-hmm. stuff matters. That's why the core four works. That's why – Sanchez and Judge work, that because it matters. It's not just about the stats they put up. It's about their experiences leading up to when they get to the big leagues, as much as it is what happens when they get here. It's the you difference. can't just hire players. You can't just yeah. buy players. It doesn't work. No, and they... Yeah, 2009 what, worked, but that was an aberration. But, but, but that also was when you use free agency is when you have a framework and you can use it to fill in specific holes. You can't rebuild right. with free agency. Right. And right. I think that I think this Yankee team is well, I'm only, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the future yet cuz one thing I am excited about and I think it's good for baseball is my team the Red Sox, your team the Yankees are good again yeah. at the same time with a brand right. new cast. I mean, there's a bunch of players who are on the Red Sox who are homegrown, like Ben Attendee, Devers, Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, mm-hmm. you know, Xander Bogarts. You know, we still have Pedroios, the homegrown, the link to the previous championships. Uh, you know, Christian Vasquez. You've got a bunch of guys on this club 
who you can point to and say, hey, this is going to be the Red Sox cast for a while, and the Yankees have their cast for a while, and it's a new cast. And it brings some – there's nobody left from 03, 04, 05 when the rivalry was at its peak then. So it's a totally new cast. Both teams are good at the same time. And both teams have had relatively recent titles. So there isn't that sort of hangover of, oh, we've won so recently or anything like that. So it's really a turning of the page and interesting to see what the rivalry is going to be. Well, and it's such a cliche, Sully, to say, oh, the mix of youth and veterans, but that matters too. For instance, uh, yeah, you need the young players that you just mentioned on the Red Sox and we know about on the Yankees, but that's why you need a Pedroia or a Brett Gardner. You need somebody to tell these kids right. this is how we do things. And you don't want that guy to be a free agent you just brought over from Anaheim because that doesn't work. You need somebody who's familiar with the franchise, with the system, with how things are done, which makes the Girardi thing so stupid and mind-blowing, but keeping it to the players, um, it works. All right, well, let's let's get to this really bizarre anomaly that happened in this offseason. You had three East Coast teams make the postseason. The Nationals, the Red Sox, and the Yankees. All of them changed <laughs> oh, Now, Now, I was not a proponent of firing Dusty Baker because I, it wasn't his fault it wasn't like he made a bad decision in that final game. He brought in Max Scherzer, and Max Scherzer right. got bombed. You know, right. if Max Scherzer doesn't get bombed, they advance to the playoffs. And I don't know if they beat the Dodgers or not, but they advance. So it's not, you know, you fired Dusty Baker because Max Scherzer got bombed in game five. That's essentially right. what happened. Now, right. John Farrell was never supposed to be the long-term solution. He happened to win a World Series and a couple of division titles. But the word was he was kind of losing the team a little bit. But with the case of the Nationals and the Red Sox, which is different than what happened with the Yankees, the Nationals got Dave Martinez, who's considered to be one of the best managerial prospects in all of baseball because he's been the right-hand man to Joe Maddon. The Red Sox got Alex Cora, who everyone's been saying – is this great baseball mind and potential uh, manager. So they got the two, right. two of the brightest ones. You can say, all right, they got rid of the old and got in two of the people we've been hearing for years are going to be great managers. Sure. What are the Yankees doing? They, who, who are the Yankees bringing in that would be better than Joe Girardi? Well, Kevin that would be an improvement. Oh, Kevin Long. Jesus. And they just interviewed Aaron Boone. I mean, I just, I, it's so random. It's so arbitrary. It's so dumb. And, I mean, you know, uh, Hal Steinbrenner just said uh, yesterday that it wouldn't have mattered if the Yankees won the World Series. Girardi would still be gone. That is the most moronic thing I've heard since his father was alive, coming from a Steinbrenner. Or, actually, Hank has said a few dumb things, but they kind yeah, of put a puzzle on Hank. But, 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 I mean, Hal is supposed to be the adult in the family. What I... I it's so incongruous. It makes absolutely no sense. No team is historically tethered to winning than the Yankees are. No team is obsessed with winning, or no team spends as much money. Well, maybe the Dodgers now. But in general, nobody spends more money for winning than the Yankees do. And yet they get rid of the guy who, who got him within nine innings of the World Series with a team everybody admits was a 500 club coming into the season. And, and, and that's why I say, and I, I'm not a grassy knoll guy. I do think we landed on the moon. 
I think there was only one shooter, okay? But something happened between either Girardi and Cashman or Girardi and Hal. Something happened. I don't know what, but something happened. They can't say he's not about analytics. He's not about the binder. He's totally about the binder. And they say, well, he doesn't get along with young players. Well, he won manager of the year with the Marlins with a bunch of kids. You know, look how Aaron Judge played for him. Look how they had his back in the Cleveland series. This idea that he doesn't connect with current players, uh, based on what? Okay, maybe a couple players don't like him, but what manager is universally loved? No one. Yeah. You know, you wrote a great piece for WFAN that I read today where you talked about this, and it is amazing. You made that, you made that very point that this was a guy who was given a – he had like a $18 million payroll total for the year he managed the Marlins, and they were a wild-card contender until the last month of the season. And they, right. were, they finished right around, maybe like two games under 500, but he won manager right. of the year because he had – the entire team was basically what the Yankees were playing, paying for a rod and a backup infielder. And, and then he comes to New York and yes, they've missed the playoffs a few times, but they rebuilt and they brought in what we were saying at the beginning. They brought in young blood. He didn't, they didn't give up on Severino. They didn't give up on Greg Bird, who was hurt all year last year. They didn't give up on, you know, he didn't move Judge around the lineup when it looked like he was slumping past the all-star break. And right. he figured out that he had a great weapon in Chad Green. Um, right. And he got a team. He nearly got this team to the World Series. And quite frankly, if A.J. Hinch, who I give a ton of credit to, if A.J. Mm-hmm. Hinch didn't realize that hey, I can't use my closer anymore. I got to do I got to do different stuff, which he did, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He didn't turn to Giles when the game was on the line anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was stubborn and said, "I got to," you know, being Jim Fergosi, said, "I got to use my closer," you know, the Yankees probably would have made it to the World Series. But either way, they are set to at mm-hmm. least contend. Whether or not they're mm-hmm. going to beat the Red Sox in the regular season or not. Uh, that you know that I don't know. I think it'll be. I think the two teams are going to be really competitive for the next bunch of years. But he's also mm-hmm. someone who's been through it. Yes, he right. doesn't like the media, but he's been through it. And right. the point I made about the Red Sox and Nationals managers, whether you love Dusty Baker or you love John Farrell, the people they brought in, you could say, okay, I get that. I get it. You're bringing in the you're bringing in the great young managerial prospect who could be the manager for the next ten years. Mm. There is nobody out there that I would wrap it in that position that I would say, okay, I can see why that's an improvement over Joe Girardi. Correct. Correct. In fact, in fact, Sully, you could make and would have made, and I did make the argument much more coherent. Back in 2008 when they hired him, I wanted Tony Pena. But yeah. I understood why they went with Girardi. But if they hired Pena, I think that would have been a damn solid move. Yeah. They didn't. Fine. Girardi worked out great. But 10 years ago, yes. But what has happened in the 10 years since? Has Pena become a better manager? I mean, come on. Now, Manningly has gotten his managerial chops. I don't know. But if they didn't want Manningly 10 years ago, why would they want him now? It's just none of this works. None, none there's of no it. logic to this. Well, that's why I think no. you're right, that there's, if, if the quote that Hal Steinbrenner was saying, or I guess I'm paraphrasing, that 
it didn't matter if the Yankees won the World Series, they were going to make a change with the manager, then obviously this is not about analytics. Obviously this is not about how he does as a manager. It's about That's some correct. it's about some form of power struggle going on, and they obviously are siding with whether it's Cashman or Hal wanting to put his foot down or whatever it is. I have no idea what it's like to work with Joe Girardi. He could be a pain in the ass for all I know. But the mm-hmm. results are what, you know, the results are on the field right now. And if they go into next year and the person that they picked is, can't handle the New York pressure, can't handle the expectations, and they fall short, and they have the 82-80 win season that we thought they were going to have this year, or if Severino gets hurt again, or they don't get the right pitching, whoever is in there has is going to be crucified. Right. Well, I'll give you the exact quote, though. And this is he was pressed again. How was? Yeah. You sure you're sure you're saying he would not have come back? And he said yes. And he said I'm sure there would have been more pressure. It maybe would have been a bit more difficult a decision to make, but I still believe I would have made it because. I felt that's what's best for the organization going forward. So he's saying winning the World Series is not the best move for the Yankees. I, I, it's so surreal and stupid. I had to read it four times to make sure I was reading it correctly, but I wasn't illiterate or, or in some dream sequence. And the only thing that makes it even more crazy for me is the point that I've made is that there isn't this, like, like for example, when Joe Madden became available, when he left the left. Uh, right, I get it. And yes, I you, know, you know what? You know that guy is out there. You knew he was a brilliant manager. You knew he was, right. if not the best in the game. I think the best in the game is going to be either him or Bochi. I think are the two top managers. And if they, you know, if they right looked on. at some of, you know, then fine. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. if there was another top prospect, like I said, mm-hmm. a Dave Martinez became available, and everyone thinks he's going to be a great manager. And you think, you know what, we have an opportunity to bring in the next great young manager. We've had 10 years with Girardi. Let's move on to someone else. And even as much as the Red Sox love Alex Cora, if Farrell had won the World Series last year, there's no way. There's no way. No way. There's no way. Now, (laughs) the, the only thing they could have possibly have done was to do the old you know, we're going to make him the vice president of Franks and Beans right. and Beans and Franks. We'll bump and, him up, yeah, we'll bump yeah. him up. And, and mm-hmm. that's, the, you know, that's the only way they would have done that. But, yeah, if the Red Sox won, how even if they made it to the World Series and lost to right. Los Angeles, there's right. no way you could say, God, for the first time in Red Sox history, they won the AL East in back-to-back years, and he right. won a World Series in 2013. We can't fire the guy now. You can't do it. You just can't. So I, I'm. I gotta ask. You know, I'm. I love Farrell because of 2013. He was a pitching coach in 2007. I do think it was time to go. So I just salute him. Thanks for the memories, and I'm excited mm-hmm. for what Alex Cora is going to bring to the team. Um, mm-hmm. I, what are your thoughts on the Girardi years? You know, before this year, I would have said they were uh, a bit tormented, conflicted, but uh, he he did such a lovely job this year. It's really the way to go. I mean, he didn't want – it was clear after 
because there was, as you know, great speculation over not whether or not the Yankees would fire him. It seemed obvious they wanted him, but whether he would leave. And yeah. uh, it turned out to be the reverse, which made it so bizarre. Um, but listen, he won the World yeah, when Series I saw, the second year here. When I saw he yes. was going, I assumed he resigned. I assumed so I, that so he I. said, I, I've, I've, got, I've left. I left the place better than I found it. I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna take some time. I'm, and when I saw those, they're the ones who walked pushed about. I said I, that just I, doesn't I, make I, any sense. Yes. yes, yes. And as you said already, they rebuilt without stinking, without tanking, without right. being an embarrassment. And they were always competitive. They were if they didn't win the division, they were still in the high 80s in total. Uh, they they were never ever ever an embarrassment. And Girardi never gave up, and you could tell, is is acerbic, and he really is, as acerbic as he can be with the media. He's not Belichick, but he's certainly short and curt with the media. Um, You could tell that this was the most, outside of family, we all know he's a huge family guy. Outside of family, this is by far the most important thing in his life. And he never took a day off, and he took this job very seriously, and he earned every nickel of his salary. So, look, the guy gave everything. He gave his soul to the team. They won the World Series. No team won more games, as we know, in the majors than the Yankees did during the 10 years. Right. Now, if you want to compare them to the Tory dynasty, then nobody's going to come out favorably. That's just not fair. So no. we might as well compare them to Joe McCarthy or, you know, or, or, uh, or Casey Stengel. I mean, you know, come on. It's not going to work. But, I'm, going to make, I'm going to stun you for a second. I'm going to make a football analogy. Um, sure. I love if, football analogy. If Joe Torrey was Bill Walsh, then Joe Girardi is George Seifert. And Seifert oh, came, he came in the heels of Bill Walsh and won his title and had his glory. And, and basically, his tenure was looked upon and frowned upon simply in comparison to Bill Walsh. Right. Right. I totally dig that. I totally dig that. Uh, yeah, I'm the only myself in the back. I, made, I, made, an, is, I made an NFL analogy. I yeah, saying. I mean, the, the differences are, are, are not that significant. The only, you know, the major difference is that Torrey wound up staying a lot longer than Seifert did with the 49ers. But, yeah, he wound up – a lot of people said he just won with the right to do of the Torrey years. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and nobody could follow Walsh. Nobody could follow Torrey. And I don't think he tried. But I think at, at a certain point it became Girardi's team, not Torrey's yeah. team. And um, – Look, he gave everything he had, and I just can't imagine somebody else giving more, somebody who's more capable, more intelligent, or more mm-hmm. dedicated. I just don't see that guy out there. I just don't. And he wanted the job, and he's only 53 years old. Not yeah. Sparky Anderson, you know what I'm saying? It's not, yeah. uh, uh, God, who was that guy for the Bills who coached until he was 90? Marv Levy. He's not yeah. one of those guys, you know? He's a young well, he's man. Not even, he's not even Dusty Baker, you know? No. <laughs> He's not Jack Joe Girardi's there. I hit that triple in 96. He's a young man. You know, the the thing that I was thinking is that I, I think some other team will hire Girardi. If I were a team, like, I thought the Phillies were going to hire him, quite frankly. They went up hiring former Red Sox, Gabe Kapler. Um, but okay. if, I, I, if I were, like, a team like Cincinnati who's rebuilding – or a team like I'll tell you the team I kept thinking about is uh, Seattle. Seattle's mm. a team that that has star players, including his former player Robinson Cano, 
that they there is an expectation that they got to win now because they have players like Felix Hernandez, Cano, Nelson Cruz, the kid uh, Seager, you know Corey Seager's brother, and um, that they have good players on there. The West is you know the Astros are obviously a wonderful team, but the wild card is a winnable thing. And there is a sense of God, this team better win now. We can't, you know, they didn't win with A. Rod in his prime. Junior in his prime, Ichiro in his prime, Big Union in his prime, Edgar Martinez in his prime, and now they're going to waste Felix Hernandez in his prime? You know, there's a pressure in Seattle who has the longest postseason drought of any team. And if I were to see it, yeah, 2001 was the last time they made the postseason. And to to say, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's, we have a chance to have someone like Joe Girardi manage this team. I would, mm. if I were them, I would jump on that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I was just about to ask, since he's a uh, Northwestern guy, how would he feel about the White Sox? But I just forgot that Robert Ventura has already been replaced by Renteria. Yeah, Rick Renteria, yeah. I mean, I mean the White Sox, again, I mean, I mean, I think they're going to stick with Renteria. They're in full rebuild mode. But, like, you know, Scott Service is the manager of the would have been a great disservice, and I swear to God that was an unintentional pun, uh, to be able to say, well, yeah, we're going to yeah. replace Scott Service with Joe Girardi. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could say, Not hey, do it, Scott, you can manage our team in Tacoma, okay? Or you can be a bench coach or something, but we have a chance to bring Joe Girardi into our team. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's a perfect fit. Yep. And I'll tell you another thing. I agree. If he goes to another team, let's just say, let's just say hypothetically, he goes to Seattle, okay, mm-hmm. and he winds up bringing Seattle into the postseason. All of a sudden, his manager of the year with the Marlins, his world championship and leaving the Yankees as a winner, plus making another team a winner, then you'd start looking at him and say, is he a Hall of Fame manager? I'm not saying he is, but at least the conversation can begin. You know, he, he already has the world championship on his resume. Right. And ma- and managing a couple of impossible situations. Right. I think that you would almost have to say, yeah, maybe. He would, well, have, to win some, he would have to win somewhere else. Though. He would have to win somewhere well, else. Well, yeah, and of course, we're, we're, we need to ask the most important question, which is, does he want to manage right now? Or does he want to take a year or two off? It's a very important question. You know, he loves his family. There was speculation that he was already uh, wearing a little train and may want to take a year off to be with his family. Does he still feel that way, or is he so pissed off by what happened with the Yankees that he wants to show them they made a huge mistake? You know, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if he took a year off. Um, you know, because he has millions of dollars to his name, and you know, he could right. take a year to uh, you know coach soccer and go to PTA meetings. But I have a feeling yeah. he's someone who would be bored as hell. And say, you know what? I'm going to show everyone, and there'll be some team will look at their managerial situation as a disaster, and say, you know what? If we call, we could get Joe freaking Girardi to manage our team, and all of a sudden he's managing San Diego or Cincinnati, or you know, or or Tampa or wherever he's going to manage, and he'll wind up doing a fine job because he's a good manager. Well, and, you know, all but a, they can't say it publicly, but all, all but a handful of teams, you mentioned some of them, Boshi and Madden, would happily replace their manager with Joe Girardi. Yeah. He would be 
he would be just lusted after the moment he decided he wants to throw his ring, his hat in the ring. I think the only, I mean, I think the Indians from Francona, Giants and uh, Bochi, the A's did not give Melvin permission to talk with the Yankees because um, he's still in right. the contract with them. Um, Madden, I'll say Hinch, you know, after winning the World Series, um, and he did a really good job as manager. Almost yeah. there in L.A. He did right. some. He did a little mismanaging in the World Series, but he did a right. good job. You know, he's a he's mm-hmm. a good manager. He just you know he has a couple bad days. You know, right. but I right. think there's five or six managers who are not replaceable, and everyone else, sure. Yeah. You know what would have been delicious, Sully? If they had known he was going to be like, oh, if the Mets had waited. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you had, yeah, I thought the same thing. Oh, that, oh what if he beautiful. took over the Mets? That would just, that would be all, he wouldn't have to move. <laughs> oh, it would have been perfect. And the tabloid fodder would have been there for years. It would have just been beautiful. All right. Well, and the it, Mets would have gotten better. Yeah. Well, look, we're recording this on November 17th. I'll probably drop this on the 18th or 19th. So as of this recording, it is 5.08 in the evening here in California. Mm-hmm. I need you, – you have your ear to the Yankee grindstone a lot closer than me. You have to tell me your prediction now who's going to be the Yankee manager. Oh, my Lord. God, honestly, I still want to be Pena, but I think they'll think, well, he's been here so long, and, and they want a fresh face. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, I hate to say it, but I, I think they might take one of their flunkies. They might take Thompson along. Um, I, I'll go I'll, I'll go as a long shot. I'll go with Thompson. Okay. Yeah. So you, I think you're right. I mean, I, 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 that was. I, I think you're right. I think it's a safe choice. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know him. He'll do whatever Adam. they say. They want. To, look, look. Let's be honest. This is one thing I have to get off my chest. It's clear. Everything they've said publicly, uh, not so publicly, directly, indirectly, is that they want a mouthpiece, a yes man, a puppet. They do not yep. want somebody with their own ideas. They hated Girardi's independent streak. They don't want any of that crap. Okay. Yep. Now, I don't know what gave Brian Cashman, and look, Cashman's done some wonderful things, but I don't know what made Cashman think he's Branch Ricky all of a sudden because he's not. I don't know what makes him think he's a better manager than Joe Girardi because he's not. So, But it's clear that he and Hal are thick as thieves, and they're going to get what they want. I mean, who's not going to want to manage the Yankees? And frankly, I forgot if it was uh, uh, Buster Olney or Jason Starks, somebody said this. You know, the Yankee job is not – as fearful as didn't strike the fear in the hearts of people the way it did in the 80s and 90s when you had to worry about George firing you every other yeah. day. You know, it's for the right guy. It's a great, it's finally a great job, and God knows it's going to pay. So, you know, yeah, yeah, well, they just but they want their guy. They want their guy that's going to shut up and listen and do what they're told. As long as you're willing to listen and take orders, that's your gig. Yeah. And I think you're right. Thompson is well, the, the perfect word. So like, Thompson's a safe choice. Yeah, I just I I go back to my original point. If you're going into 2018, building upon how many games did they win? 90, 91 games. How many games did they wind yeah. up winning? 90 I games. I think it was 91. Yeah. Well, either way, the first number was at nine. 
Okay, they 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 play one, you know, and and you go into a year where you can say we are a legit contender for the American League East. We the idea of winning the pennant is not out of the question. We have mm-hmm. the we have the runner up of the MVP. We have a Cy Young Award finalist who's a young homegrown player. We've got a nice mm-hmm. core of players. Um, Tanaka's coming back. You know, you can look mm-hmm. at this team and say, yeah, this team's going to be good. This is going to be a good team in 2018. Mm-hmm. You, you look at that team and you say, okay, if this manager will bring in a better option to win the World Series, to help us win the World Series than Joe Girardi, and none of the names, you know, someone like Hensley Newlands, who was on Bruce Bochy's coaching staff during all those world championships, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he could be a fine manager, I, you know, the Reds or something. But, you know, I don't see any of these being an improvement over Joe Girardi. No. And if you offer Girardi a contract and he said, no, I'm going to take a year off, fine. That's one thing. But mm-hmm. if you don't even – you tell him basically hit the road. And he clearly yeah. wanted to come back. Yes, then you is. have to ask, is this person going to be better – at the job in Girardi, and if mm-hmm. no, then you're using motivations other than winning the World Series, right, to make your managerial choices, and that would piss me yeah. off as a Yankee fan, right. The only uh-huh. candidate, and I'm not saying they're seriously considering him. The only candidate I would vehemently vote against, and again, I, I'm sure they won't won't seriously consider him, is Willie Randolph. That that cannot be somebody they consider. If he couldn't handle the Mets gig and he just burned out, he couldn't handle the media. And nobody was more conditioned to handle a New York managerial job than Willie Randolph. But yeah. no, no, he's got to. He can't. He can't be part of this. He can't. The other no. name that the other name that kept coming up with was Eric Wedge, who Eric Wedge, had, right. who's you know he had one or two good years in Cleveland. And then he right. was handed the team in Seattle, couldn't win with them. And when right. I heard Eric Wedge, I thought, Eric Wedge? You're going to mm-hmm. put him in New York and say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, he, you replaced Girardi? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I don't care. And, you know, who knows? Rob Thompson could come in and the team could win and he becomes, a, you know, a beloved New York figure. Now, I mean, people were up in arms when Girardi took, when uh, Tory took over for Showalter. You never right. know. Clueless Joe, yep. Clueless, Clueless Joe. Joe, but right. I, at this point, you know, you always have to ask, are we making an improvement? And I don't see any of these names going into 2018 being a better option than the guy they let walk. Agreed. I could not agree more, sir. I really couldn't. Uh, I, well, I, okay, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how many ways to explain how baffled I am by it. I, I, I can't. It just it makes no sense. That's why I think something happened we don't know about. It can't yeah. just be. It can't just be philosophical differences because that would have that would have come to the surface long before a decade expired. I mean, it just it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Suddenly and they could, didn't see the team the same way. Of course they did. They just built this team in the World Series contender. Of course it worked. You know what's going to happen is someone's going to write a tell-all book, and we're going to look back right. at it now and say, "Oh, we didn't know that this was happening or that was happening," right. and now it makes so much more sense. Right. You know, but Lucy will get with Joe Girardi or something. Who knows? Yeah, and we'll find out. Yeah. Oh, this is what was happening. Oh, we had no idea. And like, okay, mm-hmm. now it makes now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Exactly. So, well, look at it's. Uh, 
I'm I'm excited about the Red Sox, and I'm I'm thrilled with the direction the team's going in. I I don't want them to I don't want them to trade for Stanton because it will cost players on this team on this roster, and I don't want to commit two hundred million dollars to a slugger who's had injury issues. I mean, like how many mm-hmm. times do we have to? You know, we're still paying for Pablo Sandoval. Look at Stanton is a, right. Stanton is a much better player than Sandoval, but. You know what? We've been burned before, and I would rather they develop a slugger through their system to plug in along with Betts and Ben Attendee and all these people than, than trade a Jackie Bradley Jr. or whomever and bring in a guy who is going to be on the hook for the next 10 years. I don't want anything to do with that. I want nothing to do with that. Um, but right. that being said, I'm, I think that they're – you know they're going to be a contender. I think the Yankees are going to be a contender, and I hope that I hope that the rivalry has a brand new spark to it. You know, I mean, it did last year. He had a bunch of really great games. The Yankees right. winning extra inning game that Sale started, and the home run by Devers off of uh, Robert Chapman. I mean, the whole the whole uh, Apple Watch thing. You know, <laughs> there, was, right. uh, there was some sparks between the two teams, and that was good because yeah. it was a little dormant. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to ask you this uh, before I forget or before we hang up. Um, and look, forgive my brief French. I don't mean to talk shit out of turn. But uh, is there a possibility that John Carlos Stanton looks like that not just because he does push-ups and he eats Wheaties? I mean, have you seen the guy with his shirt off? Have you seen him on ESPN, the body? Look, I'm not yeah. saying he's not naturally gifted. He doesn't have great genetics. Obviously, he does. But I'm just saying, don't you ever I, look at him and he gets injured a lot and just think, hmm. I look at, I have my guard up and I've had my guard up for a while and I just, I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I'm not saying I think he's a user, but I also say, how could anyone be stunned if he was? Right. Exactly. And, and so, yeah. And look at, I personally think he's going to land in one of two places. I think he's going to land either in San Francisco or St. Louis. I think those are the two places that he could land and that he would be a perfect fit. Um, okay. I don't want him, I don't want him with the Red Sox. Uh, right. I, yeah, look, at, watch him trade for him and he winds up hitting 70 home runs. You know, but it's, right. <laughs> they win three World Series with him. And I, oh, right. my God, I love him. I love him. I love him. Right, um, right, right, right. But, uh, no, I, I just would rather they develop or if we find out there's some great Cuban slugger, you know, the next, you know, Cespit is floating over on a raft. Pick him up, sign him. Let's go. You know, <laughs> I think that. But don't, but don't, don't the Cardinals? In, for, don't definitely the Cardinals, and to a lesser extent the Giants. Don't, don't the Cardinals strike you as a team that's a little bit too uh, not frugal, but smart business in a business oh, sense to take on that Keitel, contract? Kyle, 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 stop the presses. Just stop the presses right now. I figured it out. It oh, all makes oh. sense. It all makes sense now. It oh. all makes sense now. Mike Matheny's on the hot seat in St. Louis. Oh, He's been yeah. crashing. Mike Matheny could be pushed out and replaced with Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi <laughs> is inserted ah, into the Cardinal system. They go to the playoffs every year. He's from Illinois. Now, granted, right. from northern Illinois, but it's close enough. Right. I mean, right. it just hit me. 
Because I was saying, what the hell is Matheny being? Because I was saying they should have hired Jose Okendo, and what the hell is Mike Matheny doing to manage this team? But it hit me like like I stepped on a rake. This is, the Cardinals are where Joe Girardi, he's going to sit back, he won't take another job, and eventually the Cardinals say, F this Mike Matheny. We have a chance to bring in Joe Girardi. And Joe Girardi steps in and is the manager for the next 10 years, and they wound up winning two or three World Series. You nailed me, man, because I thought you were going to say something about Giancarlo Stanton, and I was like, what does he know? What did he name? No, Why no. I, I know what's going on here. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, to me, it's, it's like the sun bursting through the clouds at this point. Oh, it's I got like, you. Okay. <laughs> am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is no, 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 not at all, not at all. I just, okay. you, you just, you caught me by surprise there when I asked you about Stanton, and all of a sudden yeah. you thought of Girardi. I was like, oh, okay, okay, it's a totally different thing. I got you. Well, Makes sense. Uh, yeah, sure. I was thinking about the so Cardinals. Not, you know, he loves the National League. He, he came up through the Cubs, I believe, right? Cubs system. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. It's a, he knows the National League. He knows the double switches. Yeah, it's a tradition-filled team with passionate baseball fans, but not the media crush of a New York. Exactly. And a great organization with a great farm system that always replenishes their team. Which is why I think they're going to be the ones to trade for Stanton because their farm system is so deep with players that they'll just wind up making the right deal. Um, that to me, to me, that just makes all the sense in the world. And he winds up winning right. a couple of World Series and going to a couple of, you know, winning a couple of NLCSs and this and that and the other thing, and saying, "Oh man, I get to be in a baseball town, but I don't have every move dissected and everything the way it would." That's it makes all the sense in the world. That's the job. Well, look. Let me let me tell you uh, a little inside baseball here, just personal stuff. But uh, I've written nearly two thousand pieces for CBS. But I remember like how many fingers I have. These two things. There were two articles that by far got the most clicks, Facebook likes, tweets, all this stuff combined. Two by far. The first one was well, no, not in this order. But I'll just I'll put them in order of sports. First one was I wrote. That in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback that ever lived. That that was not people in Green Bay in the Midwest. I got like twenty five thousand Facebook. I mean, it just it went berserk. The second one was when they had that the Cardinals had that incredible comeback against the Rangers and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that the Cardinals have replaced the Yankees as America's team, and that got like fifty thousand Facebook likes. And you can imagine what New Yorkers called me and my family and my ancestry, my mm-hmm. sexual orientation. I'm like, whatever, guys. You know what? <laughs> I don't care what you think. I just really don't. These Twitter, you know, the eggs, the Twitter tough guys, oh, yeah, the online yeah. muscles and all that stuff. Yeah. But those were the two. And, and I, that made me think of that because when you mentioned the Cardinals and their home, there is something about St. Louis that feels like baseball home more than New York. And I don't mean to disrespect the Yankees. We all know what the Yankees represent. And New York City represents, you know, the Brooklyn Dodgers. And the, I mean, we all know what it means. But there's something about St. Louis that is – Competitive yet pastoral. It's just it's a perfect blend. Yeah, I mean yeah. they say they say the fans applaud the opposing players. I mean where else does that happen? I'm from New York. That never happened unless yeah. we just traded the guy. You know what I mean? Like if we traded yeah. Derek Jeter, of course we'd give him an ovation in another uniform. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, general, I know. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. So St. Louis, sure. Hell yeah. Yeah, that makes it makes all the sense. They're like right, the man. Lakers of baseball or something. I mean, yeah, absolutely. No, they're more like the Spurs. The most well, the Spurs are even Spurs. better. Yes, the Spurs are even better. You know, just consistent yes. winners have a great system without being in the huge market. 
Much and, more muted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Reserved. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, it's Perfect. dinner time with my kids. But, uh, hey, oh, great man, sausage I'll be there in 10 minutes. Man. What are we having? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're drinking sausage and peppers here. It's going to be really good. Oh, I, I was going to say, I want spaghetti. I'll be right there. All right, cool. All right. I'm, I'm all over. I'm only 3,000 well, miles away. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll, keep, we'll, we'll keep it in the oven for you. Yeah, keep the plate <laughs> warm for me. <laughs> Thanks, Jason Kyle, for being part of the podcast. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. You can be old school. Send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. The music, <laughs> easy for you to say, the music. I'm not even going to edit that out. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kulisky. Talking Yankees, Red Sox, and managerial prospects in the middle of November. This has been the Sully Baseball Podcast for the 18th day of November 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>